Welcome to Game Time Sports Podcast with your host Lance. We have a special guest today on our show, Bilal, um, very close friend of mine. I would consider him one of the betting experts. Today's On today's <laughs> episode, we're going to be going through the weekly rewind as usual, um, going through our picks. Today, you definitely want to listen. We're going to guys get you ready for week 14, some in-depth analysis on picks, spreads, over and under. This is the show to listen to. Um, let's get right into it. Um, it was week 13, Thanksgiving, Turkey Day. I hope everyone enjoyed their time. Um, Blau, how did you enjoy week 13 before we get into it? You know, week 13 was very eventful. A lot of big swings in the playoff picture, so a lot of analysis for us to break down. We can get started with the Thanksgiving games, but I do want to say I appreciate you finally getting me on the show, Lance. <laughs> so I know all, it's long-awaited, 13 weeks. Yeah, for well, all the, now it's 14 weeks, but, you know, we're excited. Yeah, show. We're, we're on the show now, show. finally, and we're excited to break down some of the games, so let's, before, let's get into it. Let's get right into it. Before we get into it, let's talk about um, Ron Rivera. Let's get into the news. Big big news. Big news in the NFL. Uh, Today's Tuesday, so we're recording this now at Tuesday around 8.30 Eastern. Ron Rivera news comes out, and I'm thinking, this this was coming. This was long overdue. They're on a four-game skid right now, and after... And we'll get into it in, in a moment, but a putrid performance by... To, to the Redskins. To the Redskins who... The Wayne Haskins Redskins. Yeah, and the Redskins, for everyone listening, have not won a road game yet until that game, right? So a big home game for the Panthers that they drop. And I think they had just had enough of Ron and, and the coaching style just wasn't a good fit. What, what, do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's just it's been long overdue. Um, this year... You know, the, with the change of Kylan, it's been it's been average to me. It's just been a rocky road. Um, we can't say anything bad about Christian McCaffrey. He's great, but to really lose a game at home against the Redskins, um, it's a tough I, loss. I, that that is a tough loss. Uh, we will get into the deeper of the game because we know what the problems were. Like usual, it's running for. Um, Carolina Panthers, they just have a bad run defense. But we'll get into it later. Um, Let me it, ask you, though, Lance. Is, yeah. is this a family-friendly podcast? Oh, yes, it is. It is? Okay. Because <laughs> then excuse my French in advance, because when we get into the, the Carolina Panthers and how bad they played, um, it's going to be hard not to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. But let's do, we'll go through the rewind. Um, we'll start with you know Thanksgiving Week 13, mm-hmm. Bills versus Cowboys. Bills came into Jerry's home, actually Jerry World, and um, gave them a little beatdown. Uh, what, what, what do you have to say about this game? Well, see, this game, it, it was a tough spot for Buffalo all week long. You're, you're on a short week, and you have to go into Dallas on Thanksgiving. It's a big day in Dallas every year. Um, but this Bills team, I think they showed us all that they are they do have uh, opportunity to play in the playoffs this year. And they can go toe-to-toe with some of the good teams. But it's hard to call Dallas a good team right now. That performance was a huge letdown. And and we'll get into it in a moment. But thanks to Philly losing, it hasn't affected Dallas too much. They're still in first place in the NFC East. But yeah, they they gave up a lot of big plays in that game. 
and and they they actually did start off the game. I know if if you were watching, Jason Witten had the opening touchdown in that game, but from there it was pretty much all downhill, and it was all Buffalo. There were there were some guys going off on Buffalo, like Cole Beasley. Well, he's you know he's it's like playing back at home. He was a former he had something Cowboy. To play for, yeah, he definitely had a. It was definitely a revenge, revenge game for um, we uh, Beasley. What I think about this game is. Everyone, you know, has to cut down some slack. They're they're just an average football club. They they beat all the bad teams. They lose to all the good teams. You know what? Buffalo is a good team. Um, my only issue, what I always was on this podcast, that I always said every week, and my issue with Buffalo was, you know what? They have a good defense, but they just can't score. They were having issues in the beginning, putting up points. Past couple of weeks, they have figured it out. Josh Allen's playing much better. He's able to pass the ball. He's getting it to John Brown. Well, him and John Brown have been doing well all season. Coles Beasley for 100 yards. This Wow, that was crazy on a touch. That's a big performance from yeah. him. Yeah, Josh Allen with a running touch. Yeah, and, and keep in mind, this is Dallas' sixth loss in nine games. Basically, Jerry Jones, after this game, uh, if you if you saw, and, and they always give him a lot of coverage after games, oh, but yeah. he, he basically ripped the coaching staff. So you got to think, what's the what's the leash on Jerry Jones, um, and why? Uh, sorry, on not Jason Jerry Garrett. Jason Garrett, but why and why is Jerry Jones so loyal to him if it's just not working out? So we'll see how that plays out come um, come the off season. Off season, let's be <laughs> honest. Right now, we just see what happened to Ron Rivera. It's time for Jerry Jones to look in the mirror and say, "Time to get rid of Jason Garrett." <laughs> to me personally, this this if we look at this team, this roster, they Top have everything. To bottom. They have everything to be a contending Super Bowl team. No but doubt. One thing they don't have is the coaching. Um, and that's the issue. I find this team, when it comes to the big moments, they just can't get it done. This is where they fall apart in the big moments. They're losing games to Minnesota at home, losing to Buffalo at home. The Jets. Um, losing to the Jets. Like Those, those losses terrible. right there, those are... Like if, as a, when you're a Super Bowl contending team, you can't take those losses. Yeah, top to bottom, I'm looking at their roster, and they have an amazing roster. They should be primed to make a run, but you need to understand that coaching is such a big part of football, right? It's, the X's and O's, the chess game that's going on when you're doing that game plan throughout the entire week, and how you come prepared for games. A lot of that does fall on coaching, and we just haven't seen that from Jason Garrett. So I think. In my opinion, he has to go, yeah, and they need to move on. Um, but it, it, it's hard for a coach to be under a guy like Jerry Jones, right? You got to understand he's he's involved in the game a lot, but nevertheless, a huge huge loss for Dallas, but still in in contention to host maybe a playoff game. But if you think <laughs> about this, it's Thursday, Thanksgiving Thursday at home. You're looking on the, you're looking on Sunday. You know the Eagles are playing Miami. Mm-hmm. In your head, you should be like, we have to win this game because you should be thinking Philly's going to win against Miami. And we'll get into Philly in a moment, don't you worry. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't really have much more to say about this game. We'll see how Dallas does this week. But to me, they're just middle of the pack. Yeah, Buffalo up to now 9-3. and three. So they're squarely in the hunt, and they have one of the better records in the in the NFL, in the AFC alone. But yeah, Dallas now down to six and six. So we'll see how that plays out. But a, a huge win for Buffalo, I think huge we can agree. Win. 
Dallas is lucky they're in the NFC East, to be honest, because <laughs> it is it's looking like the worst in division. The NFC East is is, is you know it looks look good on front because they're they're you're able to be six and six and make the playoffs, and the, in the NFC, if you're looking right now, it's it's open it, it's, between it's the only two. NFC East is open. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wow. Uh, but we'll move on. Then we'll go right into Sunday, one o'clock games. Um, we'll start with the Niners and Ravens. Prime, it was a big game. Wow. That should have been a primetime game. Wow, that should not have been a 1 o'clock game. Yeah, I heard Fox didn't want to give it up. They were smart. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't give it that game either. There's, there's a lot of people going to be viewing that game. Um, what, was, what was your take on the game? Well, you, this game, um, you, you're splitting hairs with these two teams, right? Similar styles really really aggressive coaches yeah um i think these two coaches maybe more than any other coaches in the nfl are reliant on their analytics team more yeah. than any other teams because their analytics guys are in there giving them real-time stats like yeah. you know going for it on fourth now like have you ever seen a game in which no. both teams have gone for it on fourth time you can tell these coaches really wanted to out coach each other it was more like okay you're gonna go on fourth down i'm going on fourth down it was just it's just fourth. yeah it's just smart plays and this game was played completely in the rain and both teams really stuck to their playbook they stayed true to the way they play they run the ball they played good defense and you know what can we say Lamar was great the question was whether or not he could stand up to such a good front and I think with over 100 yards and now like uh, within breathing distance of Michael Vick's yeah, all-time rushing record for a season. He's he's got to be front runner for MVP, and and in that game, it just showed that he had over a hundred yards rushing. He made key fourth down plays. Yeah, and at the end of the day, it was a three-point game in the rain in Baltimore. I got to say, on a neutral field, it's a coin flip game. Yeah, it was definitely was the thing I have to say because you know I'm a Niners fan. I, I, <laughs> you, of course, man. But you know what? No bias. This is no bias, but when you look at it, I have a few things that I have to nitpick with the Niners. Okay. One thing before I nitpick was they it was a great job for them to come in, come across the pond, mm-hmm. one o'clock game, technically a ten o'clock game a.m. for them, um, and played. You know, they kept it close, three-point game. Defense did the best they could do, but when you have to stop a offense like the Ravens, which I know really well, and I say this every week. Greg Roman offense, he ran it with cap. These the offense doesn't change much. It's still the strong side power run option, but he's only, he's running it differently now with Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson is way more athletic, Lamar way Jackson. more agile than Cap. What can we say about Lamar Jackson? He's having an MVP year. I think we can all agree. Yeah, he he is probably the front runner. It's it's definitely close between him and Russell. But take in uh, this stat here. So. The Ravens are sixteen and three with Jackson as a starter, That's and really good. also twelve and zero when he rushes for at least seventy yards. So he's doing that a lot, and every time they do that, rushing over seventy yards, they're perfect. So he he's now the first quarterback in NFL history to have four one hundred yard rushing games in a single season. So what he's doing is unprecedented. Yeah, and and. It also does tell me that the Niners are a good team to stay in that game. They they made plays. That, there's a lot of positives to take from the Niners, like Straight Raheem Mostert. Up. Raheem Mostert, he had a huge, he had a career high day, 
146 yards and a touchdown. It was a big game. Um, I, I have a few things I would nitpick with the Niners as well. It was a, you know what, to start the game, they started hot, they came in, they got the touchdown. I was like, okay, perfect. This, now they're up. And then in the past, this is what happened in the past two games. They're in their end. Jimmy G turnover. What that does to the defense. Now the defense played back against the wall in the instant red zone opportunity. Both teams, when they played the Seahawks, they scored. Ravens, they scored, tied up. You know, that that's the thing he needs to look into, Jimmy G himself. The ball security, he really needs to um, clean that up because you can't have that in the playoffs. And you can't have that going forward where you're in your end. Um, you see the pressure come in. You need to, you got to secure the ball. Huge, huge turnover. Huge turnover. Turn into seven points. Huge. So that's one thing. Um, at the end of the game, that fourth and two call when they passed the ball, yeah. they should have ran the ball outside zone. Reem Holster. They've been doing that the whole game. There was effectively Baltimore Ravens didn't really have a way to stop it. They were just they were killing them on the outside run, but they did they. It was like Kyle Shanahan's like he wanted to put it. He's basically what he said. He's seen that you know what he didn't like what he's seen, so he changed the play. Um, he should have kept with the identity there and just ran the ball. You know what gave Lamar Jackson another chance because they went on fourth and I think it was fourth and one when for the Ravens as well, but mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't um, convert. Niners got it back. They didn't convert, but then the Ravens took six minutes, burned the clock, played efficient. Pound it down their throats, gave it to the MVP, field goal kicker, and won the game. Yeah, and to that point, a six and a half minute clutch drive, six and a half minutes to end the game. A lot of question around Lamar Jack was can he, is he clutch, right? Can he put yeah. it through when it matters against a good team? Look at the teams that he's now beat. He's, he's beaten New England, Everybody. he's beaten Seattle, Everybody. he's beaten Houston, and he's now beaten the Niners. So, he he's a, he's one of the biggest reasons that that game obviously went in the favor of the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, Jimmy G, again, you're right. I think they should have went for a run on that play. Yep. He was 15 for 21, so not bad, but only 165 yards. Some of that would account to the weather. But, yeah, I think stick to, stick to what's working. They'll, yeah. they'll, they'll take it back to the drawing board, but they're now down to 10 and 2, right? And how many situations in which would you would, would you actually think that Maybe a possible thirteen and three team could be a wild card, right? Because Seattle's now yeah. in first place on a five game winning streak. They're super hot and they've got one more game to play against each other. Yeah, week seventeen in Seattle. That could be for the division. It I honestly think it's gonna be for the division. Uh Niners can't hold their head. You know what? Yeah. Two games they lost. It's a respectable loss. Imagine losing twice game team to like lost total points is six points. Like Two field goals each time you had a chance to win the game. There's nothing that shows you that you know you're, you're you can play with anybody. Oh yeah, you know. So we'll see. It's a respectable loss. It was wet. It was cold. Two of the worst <laughs> uh, conditions you can have in a football game, and they still held their own. So on a neutral field, like I said, it's a coin flip. Move on from that. Move on. Uh, let's see the next game we want to get into. Tennessee Titans and Indianapolis Colts. What was your takes on the game? Well, this game, I think we thought 
I mean, the final score doesn't indicate how what close really this happened. game. Yeah, this game, really happened. this game was everything you thought it was. Um, I have a motto, and that's the AFC South. Every single game is close, right? Yeah. The Jags maybe here or there get blown out, but all these games are typically very close, nail biters, tough defense being played by both teams, and generally very close. So this particular game was no different. I think the, it's the story of the game. A lot of people will say would be Adam Vinatieri missing three, yeah. not one, not two, but three field goals. Plus and I think it's time to retire. My guy, it's it's time. It's time. Okay. He's oh, he's a man. he's the GOAT. He's a Hall of Famer, but he's missing them ugly. He's missing them wide left, wide right. He's, he's doinking them. He's missing them all. But there was a big play in this game, or a couple big plays, right? Um obviously the huge return block field goal goes sixty three yards for the go ahead touchdown with about five minutes left to play. Uh score was seventeen all at that point. Exactly. And not all not only that. Jacoby Brissett, what what happened? He got picked off twice, right? He got picked off twice. They lost a fumble deep in the territory. Um, so a lot of turnovers by Indy, a sloppy game by Indy. And this is a huge win for Tennessee. They had the same record. And now Tennessee's leapfrogged them into second in the div, and they're now at 7-5. and five. So how about Tennessee? So do you think, because if you look at J- Jacoby's stats, he threw 25-40, 319 and, and a one one touchdown. Pass rating was 74.9.9, which is not good. Mm-hmm. Do you think that not having a guy like T.Y. Hilton out there made the difference? Yeah, I think it's no question. T.Y. Hilton is a game changer at wide receiver. He's underrated. People like to hate on him, but he, he gets it done, right? So having a guy like that that can stretch the field helps against a team like Tennessee, who's pretty stout. But also, they're missing Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack is right? a huge Why miss. is Brissett throwing 40, 40 times in a game? They're forced to. Because right? Tennessee defense is really good against the run. Exactly. And and then, and then you got two interceptions. He got sacked three times. He was rushed. So that's a recipe for disaster against a team like Tennessee, who, once again, Tennessee, they always fight hard. They do. They're this Mike Rabel coach team. When the line opened up, this was uh, it was a plus one, minus one, uh, plus one for the Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it was minus one for the Titans when um, it opened up. I went with the Titans. I was sitting there kind of stressed Good out because the game started. Jack Doyle touched. I was like, oh, come on, man. And then, you know, they answered back. And then you could tell this is just going to be a, a, a nail biter. Let's give it up to Ryan Tannehill came in, mm-hmm. changed his team. Now they're a contender. They have a chance to go for the wild card. Some people are saying they can win this division. I personally don't think they can beat the Texans for the division. I think the Texans own this division. Um, it's been proven that they own this division. But how about them Titans? Yeah, and and if you look at the injury report before the game, let's like let's really break down this game. Like they were missing not only T.Y. Hilton, but you know Eric Ebron's on IR. Starting running back Marlon Mack, as we mentioned. They lost Chester Rogers on the first series of the game. He hurt his knee. Injuries. Yeah. Um, they lost Kenny Moore in the second half. They're starting safety. So Very, yeah. it, it just adds up. And, and let's talk about Derrick Henry, right? He's now over 1,000 yards in consecutive seasons. So he's running the ball hard. He had 149 yards rushing. 
Tennessee has established the ground game. They really stuck to it this year. Yeah. So again, I will praise Tennessee for a huge win. And yeah, that's a huge L for the Colts. And how does that affect the, the, the playoff standings now? I mean, Tennessee, like you said, has a square chance to be in the playoff. It's line. not good for, for um, the Colts because they just it's lost not. a divisional. Exactly. They've lost a huge div game. They lost two divs. Because they lost to the Texans. Oh, right. And now they lost to the Colts. Here you go. This puts you Big outside. Win. Really outside. They're, it's very unlikely they're making the playoffs. Very, very unlikely. Yeah, and I think I think Mariota days are over, too. If ten, oh, if, he's done. I don't want to overreact to Tannehill, but he's been holding his own, and they've just looked like a more composed offense since he's been out there. So I think kudos to Tennessee's coaching staff for making that move. Yeah. You got to move on from Mariota. I, I'm over the whole Mariota Winston thing. <laughs> I am. Um, I was saying in the be- like in the beginning, um, if you listen to the podcast earlier a while ago, uh, when Mariota's playing bad, I was I was saying this is, this is the difference between James Winston and Mariota's situation is James Winston doesn't have a, a guy behind him that can take the job. Mariota, on the other hand, had a guy like T- Ryan Tannehill that mm-hmm. can take the job. And I was like, you know what? If this continues, they need to put Ryan Tannehill out there because I think he's a better quarterback and better suited. Because um, the days in um, Miami before he got injured, he took Miami to the playoffs. So you're he right. Is, he slept on. He's a good quarterback. Um, this is a contract year as well, so we got to look into that. <laughs> um, will Tennessee resign him? We don't know. They should. They they. I don't know if they're thinking. They. I'm hearing that they think this is the franchise guys for them might be the franchise quarterback but we'll see offseason got a hold he's playing like this he can get some money yeah they need a, a guy like that who's a game manager because they're gonna run the ball they're gonna kick it they're gonna play defense so they need a guy to not lose them the game typically tennessee's in a lot of the games they play in they're usually close as i mentioned so having a guy like that who's not going to turn the ball over too much who can scramble for yards and and stick with the game plan um it's it's been a good move for them if you look at this year, if you think about it, let's break down. Just think about a couple of teams because you're saying game manager. All the top teams that are very successful right now, what are they doing the best? Think about it. They run the ball and they play good defense. They stick to the run and they ride their defense. And that's, that's what this year's looks like. You stick to the run and you ride the defense and you're winning games. It's old school football. It is year. old school. You would not think that, but this is how this year has came. Run the ball, play D, and the mobile quarterbacks this year are just, they're playing phenomenal as well. Uh, so we'll move on to the next game. Uh, Eagles versus the Dolphins. Oh, boy. Let's be honest here. Oh, boy. When this game, before this game started, I had Philly. Last week, I said Philly. <laughs> I did say Philly. I think Travis said Philly as well. I don't think you're alone. I think everyone said Philly. You would think Philly would take this game seriously. This this was um <laughs> this was a must win plus the your face is the Dolphins like. But let's be honest. They're they're finding ways to win right now, Miami. Devontae yeah. Adams had a huge game. This magic played well. Yeah, what is that? Devontae Adams out of nowhere. Talk about fantasy implications. That's another conversation, but <laughs> of Devontae Adams. Hey, we were talking about fantasy implications. Guess who faced Devontae Adams this week. <laughs> All right. Also, guess who faced Kenny G this week? Oh boy. All right. 
And guess who faced Aaron Rodgers as well? <laughs> so you, you know what the result was. I did not win. So, but yeah, back to this game, it was insane, man. Look, Miami in this game, they overcame a 14-point deficit in the second half. All right, They had three touchdowns in less than 13 minutes. It's safe to say that this is like a crazy win for them. Um, I thought, you know, it was tank for Tua. <laughs> as soon as Tua got hurt, it looks like they're just going for more wins. It's, uh, uh, but it's 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 crazy. So Eagles lose their third game in a row. And every time someone else has Dallas on the ropes and you think Philly's got a chance to take that spot from them, they, they shit the bed. They, they, they let us down. They're not deserving. That's the reason why they lose the games. They're just not a good football team right now. We can say they, we blame injuries. Let's be honest. Carson Wentz is not playing well. His decision-making is not well. His mechanics throwing the ball is, is not there. Yeah, he's he's being he's 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 under question right now. Okay, it's 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 a big deal right now for Philly fans. What's going on with Wentz and what their expectations are for him after getting paid? Um, I still don't know why he got paid, but I guess that's what you do in the NFL. You pay your quarterback. But look, he he threw for three touchdowns. They built a lead, twenty-eight to fourteen. But then nothing for the next twenty-six minutes. Absolutely nothing. Not enough. The reason why they How does paid that happen? Carson Wentz, he had the MVP season. They thought this was the guy. He gets injured. Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl. The season after that, he had the, the back issue. You know, so you're, you're, they're still thinking like, hey, that's our MVP guy. Now he's healthy. And he, we can say, you know, this week, like this year, he's, he had to deal with a lot of injuries, secondary, receiving core. That's understandable, but... Now you ha- you have your guys back, you have your receiving core. You guys should have won that game. Yeah, and did you did you happen to see that trick play that Miami pulled off against? <laughs> like that was embarrassing. That was some sort of circus formation. I haven't seen so many trick plays in one season in a long time. This is like ridiculous. I feel like I'm watching college football right now. But that trick play was amazing. They got everyone lined up all wide and. Then you have Jason Sanders catch a one-yard touchdown pass from Matt Hack. And then Jason Sanders kicks the PAT right after. Those guys don't sound like household names. (laughs) No, they pull that one out of the bag of tricks. And sometimes you need to do that to teams who are not expecting those plays. Oh, definitely. And and, and pull these plays out they haven't game planned for. And and that's how you get... That's how you pull games out if you're a team like Miami. Uh, But huge loss for Philly... All in all, all being said, once again, they're still in the hunt in their division. They're at five and seven. They've got another game coming up against Dallas soon. And that might decide the division. Dallas only at six and six. So Philly's now just still in second place. But imagine, just imagine one of these two teams could be hosting a home playoff game or will be hosting a home playoff game come January with what could be an 8-8 eight and eight or 7-9 and nine record. Could you imagine that? Uh, going against a team that's probably only with three to four losses. Exactly. So we'll move on. Next game coming up is... We'll go through the Browns versus the Steelers. Yeah, let's not spend too much time on this game. No. The, the, the biggest thing in this game Just was... 
is the shirt. Freddie Kitchens wearing the shirt. The Steelers started it. He's a loony. I don't. I honestly don't understand what what the point of that is. That that happened and it's it's passed. So you you gotta set the standard for your team as a coach, um, of of how you act on a team. And I, I just felt like it was a childish move. And you're Freddie Kitchens. Like you haven't done a damn thing no. in the league yet. The Browns are a huge letdown for where the expectations were. And what happens after you after you come out with the shirt? Maybe you should win the game, but. They end up losing to Duck Hodges, guy known for ducks. I have no idea what what that is about, but they call him Duck Hodges. And now the Steelers are seven and five, and they're up to the sixth seed in the AFC for a wild card spot. Like, did crazy. we think that was gonna happen? Definitely not. Three weeks. Big ago? Ben went out. Carter's out. Juju is out. No, I would have never thought that. But with the shirt, I heard that his uh, his daughter made that for him. He wore it out at an event. A fan took a picture. Yeah, Steelers did started it, but they actually uh, finished it as well by winning the game. It's something you didn't do. Exactly. So if you're going to do stupid stuff like that, win the game so you don't look as stupid, but turns out you still look stupid. They, they lost the game, and I think that's pretty much the nail in the coffin on their playoff hopes for the Browns. Is it safe to say? Oh, yeah. And Five and seven, and you're in third place in your division. You're pretty much toast. But my my always concern for the whole season is what's going on with Odell. Probably the one <laughs> of the most talented receivers, and they just don't get him going. It's been disappointing, to be honest for me. Three receptions for twenty nine yards for OBJ. And this is this we're talking week. about Odell Beckham. We're here. talking about OBJ. You gotta be goddamn kidding me! How many and, targets? Uh, Six targets, three catches for twenty nine yards. Six targets. Six targets. You, you gotta find a way is a 10 to ten to twelve target guy. I agree, and you gotta find a way to get him the ball early and often. Get him open in space. They just don't seem to drop the game plan that focuses on him when they should be because he's a huge component in the aerial attack you, that they have. And you traded everything to get this guy, but you're not using him, not utilizing him properly. Doesn't take a genius. I can tell you how to use Odell. You get him open. You put him in the slant. He's a he's a master in the slant, playing the slot. You run. You draw a slant route. You give him the ball. He'll get you at least thirty yards, pretty much all the time. But you know what? They're not doing that. If you're a head coach and you can't get the ball to OBJ, you can't game plan it, and you're stinking it up and losing games. You're five and seven when you had a lot of expectations. I think you can go as well. Let's be honest here. As a coach, if you're a coach, what would you want? Wouldn't you want talented guys? Makes your job easier. Absolutely. You don't have to coach hard. You don't have to coach. Just give him, just drop some plays, give him the ball. But you're not doing that. And that's why you guys are five and seven. You guys are not utilizing the talent you have. Yeah, Baker Mayfield's been struggling. Was struggling in the beginning. Now you guys got games that are supposed to be. A little more easier schedule. You're not, you know, you're not taking advantage of it. Like yeah. a Steelers that literally has no one. Not just starting right up. Third string QB. And you're losing games. Maybe you know what? I'm not gonna be too rough on the Steelers. You know what? Mike Tomlin is a great coach. He's he could be in the coach of the year talk because he's doing things that you shouldn't be doing. To be honest. And and as a last point on the Steelers, 
their defense is playing lights phenomenal. out. Like phenomenal defense is being played by the Steelers, keeping them in the game with a third string QB, and they're banged up. We don't know if Juju or Connor are even going to play this week as well. Yeah. So they're banged up. They're down to third stringers, and the defense is carrying the team. Absolutely making big plays. The, the, the Huge pickup. Huge pickup. And TJ Watt. They've got their linebacker they drafted as well. They're they're they've got young studs in the right positions to be good for a long time. And Steelers are always known for good defense, that's, right? You know, and that's, that's a, their that's, motto. That's the best thing when you have young studs. You know, that means rookie contracts. That means for a while you can go out there and spend money on a a big name guy and bring them in if you need. But you don't really need to because you have a young stud wide receiver. Yeah, they're they're in a good you have spot. A young stud running back when he's healthy if he can stay healthy usually not healthy but if he is you have young studs all over this team we're talking rookie contracts everywhere you know if they can bring in a, a big name like a quarterback or something uh more big ben stays healthy and he can play like he usually does this team's a, a team that can be scary yeah now that they, they've got the cardinals coming up so that looks like another win i would start them up so. start them up yeah <laughs> start them up you start all the wide receivers, man. They <laughs> start them up. <laughs> start the tight end. All right, we're going to get into the Sunday night, folks. Oh, boy. Pittsburgh, uh, sorry. New England Patriots, Houston Texans. Let's get into it. Wow, the New England Patriots. I, I, I have to give, so hats off to Bill O'Brien for putting through a good game plan. You know, he's ex-Pats coaching staff, so you already know. Before we get into it. You're gonna get some good analysis. This is a Pat fan right here. <laughs> yeah, so no Patriots fan, no bias, no bias, no bias guys. Because I, I did want to start off by saying, you know, great job to the Texans because they really did put through a good game plan. Uh, Watson played excellent, throws three TD passes and a trick play, and a trick play. He did catch a touchdown pass from from DeAndre Hopkins, which was which was crazy. Pass or uh, lateral? Because <laughs> that's what that's yeah. What, what was that right? And everyone's and, still trying to figure it out on fantasy. Was that a pass? Was that lateral? <laughs> P1, super super D, athletic. If you want the D hop touchdown, so but that was lateral. Yeah, he threw it behind. Yeah, that was a solid play. Apparently, the guys brought that play to Bill O'Brien on a napkin, like a, a day or whatever before the game, and he's like, "Yeah, and screw it, we'll throw it in there," and it worked. And they used it, and they used that same napkin to clean up and win the game. Yeah, and that's what you got to do when you're playing a coach like Bill Belichick who knows everything that you're going to do, your tendencies. You got to show him something he hasn't seen before, and they did a great job at doing that. Um, and overall, like it wasn't it wasn't a crazy game, but there were some some clutch plays, some deep bombs thrown by Deshaun Watson. And I think the real takeaway here for me personally watching this game or anyone was that although Brady had three passing touchdowns and 300 yards, the offense just didn't look like a lot was there when it came to passing the ball, right? Yeah, a lot of dink and dunk, and just not a lot of separation. Yes, and we're really just missing a big receiver for yes. for us to be able to do that. And teams can take advantage of that, right? Like we're gonna play good defense, we're gonna try to run the ball, but if we're not getting any separation, it's gonna get tough for a guy who is forty two year old. He he is the goat, right? But you've got to help him out. So. At the end of the day, we're not panicking here as a Patriots fan. Uh, they're down to ten and two. Their only two losses are at Houston, at at Baltimore. Right, respectable road losses yeah. to first place teams, respectively in their divisions. So still ten and two. They still in control of their destiny. They they've moved down to the second seed. 
So that could be that could, that be, could a be tough be one when it comes to January and February. Well, huge implications. January, huge. But the, the touch exactly you're saying, the Patriots, people are, I think a lot of people are, it's Tom Brady's looking old. I'm like, no, he's not looking old. That's not the issue. If every if any quarterback had to deal with what Tom Brady had to deal with right now, you, they would all look bad. If you're not getting separation from your wide receivers, what is that doing for Tom Brady? He's holding the ball longer. What is that doing to the O-line? O-line can't hold that long. They're going to have to eventually let go, and he's going to get sacked. You know, the receivers have to help Tom out. Someone has to find a way to get open. But you can see that these guys just can't do it. This this core, they do need something big. They were hoping Gronk come back. Gronk's like, nope, I'm staying retired. Um, Antonio, okay, let's talk about the beginning of the, with the Patriots. When I seen the receiving core in the beginning, Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon, I, was, I thought this was going to be... It changed. Really <laughs> a tough year for everybody. I'm like... Do you see who Tom Brady gets thrown to? Gets thrown to it. Josh Gordon, Antonio Brown, but now Josh Gordon's gone. Antonio Brown is released. Things change and overnight in the does. NFL, right? The whole situation in the wide receiver core changed overnight. And again, New England's the type of team that they're gonna make make it work with whatever they have. So, yeah. you know. Let's not hit the panic button. They're going to be in it when it comes down to deciding oh, yeah. who gets to play in the Super Bowl. They're always in contention. Whether that, that means they're going to be on the road. Again, they're still going to have at least the two seed, in my opinion, when it's all said and done. Um, they've got the Bills who are now on their on their tail. So they've got more than just Baltimore to worry about. But as long as the Patriots have Bill and Brady and they've got the right game plan, they'll they'll be in contention. But a huge win by Houston, that shows me a lot. I, I love to see Deshaun Watson do good, and he did good. His first In his rookie year against uh, New England, he had almost beat them. He put on the show. So uh, he, he said that's one of his idols, and he was really looking forward to trying to beat him, and he got that done. And hats off to Houston. Hats off. Hats off, big win. You just saying Bill's on the tails, it's... It's weird to me because what have you ever said? Any team in that division is on the Patriots' tail. None. Here we are. You can't name a team. You can't name a year. They do travel. So the Bills do travel to New England. I'm not sure what week that is, but that's going to be a really big game. And the last game was very, very close very between close. the two teams. So that's going to be something to keep an eye out for yeah, as well. And in that game, you know what? They had so many chances, the Bills. Yeah. But the, that was Josh Allen, inexperienced. He got injured in that game as well. The backup came in. He had multiple chances. Couldn't get it done. Yeah, We'll see what happens. It's, a, it's a week 16 game, just to be correct. It's a week 16 game, so so that's going to be a big one. Like the touch with the Patriots before we move on is people have to understand there's one thing you can't coach, and you it's experience. If you They've been through it all. Patriots have seen it all. Even in this game, you look at it. They found a way to bring it back. They could have almost got an onside kick back and almost win the game. You know, and you and that's experience right there. When you can when a game looks like it's not close and the Patriots and a team like the Patriots can find a way to bring it back, no panic button. I'm not worried about the Patriots. Everyone Agreed. else should still should be worried when it comes down to January. All right, let's move on to the Monday Nighter. Oh, boy. The Monday Nighter. Minnesota Vikings. What a game. Seattle Seahawks. I was 
last week. I was on the Vikings train. I thought they were going to pull this one out. It looked like they were going to pull it out. But nope. What can you say, man? Kirk Cousins in primetime games. Not the best record, but... Man, tough place to go and win a game on prime time against yes. Houdini himself, Russell, last name Wilson, who is, again, squarely in contention for the MVP. Like, this guy is doing things you've never seen. He just commands that offense. Not a lot of other people in that offense would be successful. Like, he he wills that team to win. His, his leadership is contagious yes. in that huddle. They fight for him, you can tell, because... The talent they're working with at wide receiver, like albeit DK Metcalf is a rookie, is a rookie. Yeah. Tyler Lockett is a smaller receiver, but they're getting injured. it done. He was get, and it, yeah. he wasn't even in the game plan. Let's exactly. be real. Two targets, he wasn't in the game plan. Because you know, if he was healthy, he would get way more than two targets. Because that's your number one receiver. Um, the thing with Seahawks that I say with Russell Wilson, out of any quarterback, he, he's the only quarterback I've seen this. And I say this every week, drag a team to the playoffs. This guy carries his team every year on his back, and they always find a way. This year is different because usually they start bad, end off really good. This year it's been consistent. Um, so in this game... It was a, it was a tight game. Like was, the game was tied a couple times, and... And there was a huge miss PAT as well. Yes, by the Vikings on a on a late touchdown. Uh, Kirk Cousins was picked off as well. So a lot of big plays in this game, and it just goes to show that Seattle has a composure to yeah. win big games like this. This could be a potential playoff matchup. You never know. It's possible. Basically, if you're in the NFC right now and you're going through the playoffs, you're going to have to probably beat a good quarterback and a good team. Oh yeah. In every any given round, right? So there's no buy, buy so, rounds. Yeah, so this is this is good experience for the Vikings as well. I, I wouldn't hang their heads. This is a respectable loss to a good team on the road. Huge NFC game. And it was by a touchdown, right? So um, Vikings plus three betters. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry because the Vikings, uh, the Seattle Seahawks pulled it out late. And what could you expect, right? You got you to gotta, you gotta ride with the Seahawks there. If you look at this game, it started, you know, a touchdown. Then they answered back, and then that big INT where Russ batted it. Tried, I don't know if he was trying to bat it down. It looked like he was trying to, but he batted it forward, and it went up. INT touchdown. Then it was two field goals. But what really changed this game was the third quarter because uh, Rashad Penny had a touchdown, field goal, touchdown. That broken coverage by um, Xavier Rhodes in the third quarter. That's what really broke the game wide open. Yeah, that secondary is not playing what we're used to. Like Xavier Rhodes and Trey no. Waynes, those guys are not they're not holding their own right now. They're they're a weak link on that defense. Think about that. You're down seventeen points in one quarter. They didn't put up one point in the third quarter and that that is that is when you're on the road, those starting a second half, the third quarter you do want to keep control of that because that's where third quarter is usually when games are wins and losses. 17 points is a lot of points to try to come back. Kirk Cousins was able to bring it back close. Two touchdowns, but it wasn't enough. Now they're um, potentially in the wild card. Probably going to be going in a sixth, sixth spot. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a crazy race in the NFC. A lot of the spots are pretty much spoken for, but now we're just waiting for a flip-flop of seeding. 
and we'll see how it play out, plays out. But that was a, that was a huge win by Seattle. It was. They're hey. they're first in the NFC West. I was just about to say that Seahawks fans. I know you're happy. You guys are first place. A you little bit enjoy of it. There. Enjoy it <laughs> while it lasts. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, after the break, this is when it's going to get real fun. We're going to go through the games. We are going to break down analytics. We're going to give you the numbers. We're going to get you ready for week 14 in your betting. Welcome back, folks. Uh, now we're going to go through week 14. Before we get into it, uh, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Um, you know where to find us um, on all your major podcast platforms, Apple Music, Breaker, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Um, so we'll get right into it. We'll get right into the Thursday matchup. We got Dallas Cowboys on the road against Chicago Bears. A couple of 6-6 six and six teams. Surprising that Chicago put together a couple wins now and they're they're up to six and six. So when you said couple six, I was like, who's who's the second team? I didn't even know Chicago was uh, middle of the pack now. Yeah, they're they're on a two game winning streak. But okay, when we look at this game, this game is obviously more important to the Dallas Cowboys. Way they are, more important. Yeah, and they're on the road here. They're still in first place <clears throat> over the Eagles by a game, but still right. Like if. If Philly's going to have a chance, maybe Dallas has to lose a couple of these games. When I look at this game, it, it is a short, it looks like a short week, but it's th- it's Dallas and Chicago who both had played on Thanksgiving. So you do have to remember that week. they've got a full week's rest to prepare for each other, which is nice, which is different on a Thursday night. You're not used to that. You're used to like bad football, uh, one team on short week, short rest. Uh, but, okay, so Dallas coming into Chicago, we said we were going to give you guys some of the numbers, right? Let's talk about an alarming stat here. We're looking at the against the spread trends this year for both teams. Dallas is a respectable 7 and 5 against the spread sitting at about 58%. Okay? Where is Chicago on that rating against the spread trends? They're the worst team in the NFL at covering the spread. They are a combined three and nine covering at a rate of 25%. The line opened on this game at minus three for the Dallas Cowboys. It's remained at minus three. And I, I don't typically bet Thursday night games. So just to preface for the listeners, we'll probably go through majority of the games, maybe not all of the games. You're not going to bet on every single game, and and that's maybe just not always the smart move to do, right? Like, I'm all about making the right moves as much as possible, and I'm not going to bet on every single game. I'll give you my take on some of the games, but a majority of the takes we're going to give here are games that we'll actually bet on. I'm not going to bet all of these games. Sometimes you just don't like a game. It's it's okay to be off the game and just enjoy the game. This is one of the game one of the games that I personally won't bet on. But if I had to, if I was, if there was, if you put a gun to my head, I would go with the Dallas Cowboys based on the against the spread trends, meaning that they need this game a lot more than Chicago. The number is at three, and I do think that Dallas is a touchdown better than a team like Chicago. Dallas is a bit more put together. They've got their offense figured out, and Dak isn't defense. playing terrible. Yeah, they're 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 playing decent. Um, at least decent enough to beat the Bears, in my opinion. So if I had to roll with this game, I would I would say Dallas to win by money line. But also, if if you are gonna take a side here, I would bet on 
Dallas minus three. I don't know. Are you on the same side here? Uh, minus three, I, I'm, I'm definitely on the same side. Um, the thing that people got to understand with Chicago Bears is not the same Chicago Bears defense that we're once, you know, know and got in love with. One thing they're successful with is the run. If you run, you can run on these guys. You can run on the Chicago Bears. So expect um, the Cowboys to lean a little bit more on the run in this game, as they should, because um, this is a must-win game for the Cowboys. So you need to put a little more pressure on the Eagles. Um, on the other hand, you know, Chicago kind of needs to win this game for Mitch. First of all, Mitch needs this to keep his job. Um, Matt Nagy, to be honest, I don't like. I've, I've been saying this all season. This season is not his fault. This quarterback play by Mitch was is terrible. It's been not good at all. But if I'm gonna bet, I'm definitely going minus two with uh, Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, so we're we're both in agreement. It's it's gonna be a game of it, it's a mismatch when it comes to offense, right? If you look at all the major categories, total yards, passing yards, rushing yards, points, even third down percentage, which is very important to look at, Dallas beats Chicago in every category by a landslide. Total yards, it's Dallas is first in the NFL and Chicago's 29th. Rushing yards, Dallas is a top 10 team. They're eighth in the league. Chicago sitting at a lowly 28th, right? Points, Chicago, uh, Dallas is top 10. They're at 8th. And Chicago's at twenty seventh, so they're both three and th- ones. Uh, Chicago's three and three at home. Dallas is three and three on the road. Both have a respectable conference record, but I would I would lean Dallas. Zeke's gonna go over a thousand yards rushing this game, and and I would say Dallas if I had to pick the game on Thursday night. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I do agree. This shows you the greater scheme of everything. The reason why. There, it's minus three. Dallas, in my opinion, is, you know what, Dallas is three or three on the road, so it's um, they're just mid pack. So they, we all, we obviously know that Dallas is a better team, but just because they're mid pack on the road, they can always be room for a loss. So you want to keep it a little bit respected, but expect the line to move in favor of the Packers of the. Of the Cowboys, do you, you think this line's gonna move up? Uh, I'm not sure. Like the public money, I'm not sure where that's coming in on right now. I would say it's probably coming in on the Dallas Cowboys, just based on looking at the Bears and a lot of the a lot of folks are gonna think and agree with us in that it is important for the Dallas Cowboys to win this game. I think they're gonna run the ball a lot on on Chicago, so I would say maybe even look to the under in this game. Um. It's two teams who are going to try to run the ball. At least one is actually good at it. The other, maybe not so much. Um, so Dallas, it is surprising. Dallas is, A majority of Dallas's games have gone towards the over. They're a bit more pass-happy this year. So around 58% of games for Dallas has gone over. But if you look on the flip side, Chicago, 4-8 and eight to the over and under. So they're only at 33%. So the, around 66% to the under is Chicago. So something's got to give. I feel like being as it's a Thursday night game, it's a primetime game, a lot of running the ball. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, but I think we're both on Dallas here. Yeah, I don't think uh, the Bears are going to be able to carry the weight with the scoring. 
Um, the line Agreed. did. The line did change though for the over and under. It came in at 30, uh, 43. It dropped down to forty two point five. Yeah, and that's a good number. I think I I would I would possibly take the under. But I'm guessing everyone's taking the under. Yeah, it, it's tight, right? Forty two. It's a low number in the NFL nowadays, and it can be beat in garbage time. But it, it's really going to be big on Dallas to see how their defense plays in this game and how they handle. Yeah. Chicago. All right, the next game is Carolina Panthers and Atlanta Falcons. Okay. <sighs> These two teams, I don't even know if I would want to bet this game. These two teams are, are brutal. Um, one team just lost their coach. Yeah, one team just lost. And if we look at trends on teams that just lost their coach or starting a, a, a quarterback that's new, the team tends to rally in that situation. So on that principle alone, I'm leaning towards Carolina. They're coming off, again, a huge loss to Washington. Despicable loss, disgraceful loss to Carolina. They lost their coach because of that game as well. You've got to think that now in a div game in which they've lost to Atlanta already at home, which was a terrible loss that they had, that's part of this four-game skid that they're on. You've got to think that they're going to win this game. And... Atlanta's favorite. I'm, we're looking at the bet three six five lines just for the listeners to be to understand what lines we're looking at. It is Tuesday, so line movement will, will happen. Yeah, line movement will happen. Um, a lot of there's some notable stuff, right? Like there's Julio Jones. We don't know if he's gonna go with a shoulder injury. He's probable, but I think at plus three right now the line sits at Carolina plus three. I would take a field goal in a divisional game. Off, off where Carolina's coming off a huge L. Yeah, I agree. Um, Carolina lost their coach. I do see them rallying. Atlanta Falcons, if... I don't know, man. It's I think... So you're going plus three? I got to go with Carolina here. Even though they're on the road? Even though they're on the road, it's a div game. You got. I'll take the points in a div game, and I just don't trust it. Like, how can you take Atlanta favorite against against anyone at this point, right? So, who do you think is a better team, better built team? To me, Atlanta Falcons is. The, the, to me, Atlanta Falcons has always been is a. They're just a bad. They're just having a bad season, but to me, their their offense is capable of having a big outing at any point, at any day. Yeah, and last time with just November, it was on the 17th. They had beat Carolina 29-3. to So I think they were playing inspired when they beat Carolina, and I think now Carolina is inspired because of of what happened with the coach and the loss. A lot has happened. I think they're going to come out and establish their run with McCaffrey. And although I, I would say that Carolina's defense is a bit overrated because I've seen them now get chewed up multiple times like Washington went off on the ground Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson ran down the throat of Carolina I just don't know if Atlanta has anyone that that can do that so I think they're going to be a bit more one-dimensional and I just don't trust Matt Ryan they have nothing to play for Carolina's maybe just trying to uh, pick up the pieces here before the season's over you know I do agree with you when you when you with that point is uh you know Carolina's not good against the run but you know who they're facing 30th against running 30th in the nfl yep for running is falcons that's that is a really good thing for the panthers so they don't really have they're going to be able to they should be able to bottle up that run and slow it down 
force Matt Ryan to pass the ball. If he has Julio, we'll see what they do. It's a divisional game. So you know what? I am going to lean with you with the Carolina Panthers because it is going to be a divisional game, and they're going to have to pass the ball. And Carolina is actually decent against the pass. So, yeah, I, I would take the plus three. So plus three on Carolina for our second pick. So who do you think is going to actually win this game? If we're going to go straight up win? If I'm going to go straight up win, I think there's actually value on the money line for Carolina. So I think they can win the game outright. You're getting a little over double your money on Carolina uh, on the money line. So I think maybe sprinkle a little bit on the money line uh, plus three if you are if you want to feel a bit safer. You think this line is is because as well as the, the play of Kyle Allen? It's been very inconsistent. Yeah, it's some of it will be that. Some of it will be, I think it might be a little bit of an overreaction to the Washington loss. I think they just didn't come out. Um, and, and execute the right or call the right plays. So it, a lot of it was on coaching. I think this is going to be a bounce-back scenario for Carolina. I really do. It should be. Well, the, guess who has Christian McCaffrey? <laughs> the Panthers. So expect him to run all over this this defense. He's having a great year. Yeah, he, He's I, going crazy. I don't know how he does it. He finds a way to have a good game every game. Only one bad game this year. But he always finds a way. Let's get into the game of the week to me personally. Ravens versus the Bills. Let's get right into it. So who do you who do you have winning this game? Wow. Before we get into who is that winning, so what do you like what's your predictions of this game? Yeah, this this game again, this is one I might just sit back and actually just enjoy. This has the makings of a of a sort of hard hitting run heavy game. Both teams are very prime on the run. Two really good records coming into the big AFC game. Yep. Buffalo kind of really needs this game as well. Oh yeah. Uh, not only not only to stay pace with the New England Patriots in the AFC East, but to be taken seriously. To be taken seriously, exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. A lot of people are saying Buffalo hasn't beaten anyone important. Obviously, they beat Dallas. Uh, again, we're not going to sp- say too much about Dallas being the greatest team, but. Still Dallas Cowboys. Still Dallas Cowboys um, on the road. They got a win there. That's big. This game, so they're playing the number one team in the NFL, in my opinion, right now. It's the yeah, Baltimore Ravens. In my Ravens. opinion, yeah, it's the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson is going bananas, as referenced earlier on the game. He's averaging a quarterback rating around almost 110, right? 25 touchdowns, five INTs. He's playing pretty flawless. Josh Allen, on the other hand, he, I really like Josh Allen. He's improved his game. Yeah. His sophomore year so far has been a success, in my opinion. They stick to the run. They know what they do good. They play solid defense. So I can't wait to see how Lamar Jackson is in the passing game against guys like Tredavious White and Micah Hyde, who are you know ball hawks and can really play good coverage. Ultimately, this game is, is going to come down to, I think, the fourth quarter. It's going to be a tight game because of the styles of play of these two teams and how much they rely on the run game. Yeah. But ultimately, I do think Baltimore is is better. I think they're more battle-tested having beaten the teams they've beaten. And they're just on a roll right now, right? This doesn't look like a letdown spot for me. I think the spread might be uh, interesting here, being as it's currently at six. So at six, you got to think there's some value on Buffalo at home. 
I wouldn't touch the spread here just because I feel like it could be a close game, but Baltimore has it in them to win by a touchdown. They are on an eight-game winning streak. They're three and one on the road. Buffalo is good at home, though. They're four and two at home. I'm gonna say if I had to touch this game, I would just go with Baltimore on the money line because I think they have a little bit more in the tank, and I think the better QB wins here. But the spread is. I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole, personally. What about you? What What are your thoughts on... I, oh, I'm betting on this game. I'm going I'm going Bills to, co- to cover. Interesting. Um, Why is that? Bills cover 72.7% of the time against spread. So... That's the number one in the NFL, by the way. They're 8-3-1 and one against the spread record. So I'm going to go with number one cover, for sure. Also, as well, just my personal opinion is, I I, I I honestly think, and you're gonna be like, no way. I honestly think the Bills are gonna win this game, and I'll give my points why. Um, the headline is this: New Era is coming into New Era. <laughs> All right, but you know what? Last game for Buffalo, well, for the Ravens, the Niners, Ravens. You know what that did for the NFL? It showed a way to slow them down just keep the game close and keep because if you look at it Ravens when they play when they face everybody else what have they been doing blowing out every team Niners defense found a way to keep the game close they got some key they got a key turnover but they were able to contain and keep it close um, we got to look at Buffalo's defense it's not a slouch defense they're fifth against rushing so you know, I think that's been the tough thing for a lot of teams. They haven't, there wasn't, there wasn't any tape to see a way to, how do we slow down Lamar? And I think because now that there is a tape to show possibilities, I think Buffalo is going to be watching and we'll be able to build a game plan to um, slow him down. And I honestly think they're going to win this game because I don't think um, the Rams are going to take it too seriously as well. Really? Yeah, I don't think they're going to take it too seriously like it's the Bills. Yeah, we'll see. It's gonna be it's gonna be a nail biter for sure. It will be a nail biter. Josh Allen's been playing amazing. Um, a lot of teams are struggling against one thing: mobile quarterback. What is Josh Allen? He's mobile, so he should give um, the Ravens defense a little bit of trouble. If they've seen what the Niners did and they can stick to the run game, do outside zone, run the ball, they should be able to keep the game close. That's got to be the game plan for the Bills, right? You've got to run the ball, establish Dave, uh, Devin Singletary, young rookies, having a great year. I yeah. think he's he's been solid for them. You've got to establish the run game against Baltimore if you're going to have any chance. you got to look at guys like Raheem Moster and Nick Chubb and how they've had success against Baltimore. Yeah, That's got to be the game plan. Ride your defense, run the ball, take advantage of that raucous crowd there at New Era. It's going to be, it's going to be hype. It's going to be loud for sure. Yeah, um, that was one thing I forgot to mention. That the the buff you've been there. The we've Bills been, Mafia. We've been to Bills Mafia, and we know how loud get it crazy. gets. So it's going to be an atmosphere. You know, Ravens <clears throat> are playing on the road as well. Um, yeah, nothing more I would really say on this game. One, one, one last point on this game is that the Bills are a top 10 defense on third down percentage, conversion percentage at 35%. What does Baltimore do, though? They go for it on fourth down. So the game plan always is to call plays on second and third down. 
that can still set you up for a fourth down. And they're gambling again. They're using analytics, and yeah. it's it's paying off for them. So they know once they pass that forty. Keep in mind when you see this game. Notice once the, the the Ravens get past the 45 yard line, they are now in four down territory. So I think the Bills are going to have to get touchdowns. That was always the question. Yeah. Can they put up touchdowns? They had a nice game last week. You know, John Brown threw a touchdown. They're gonna have to establish their passing game. Then you gotta watch out for guys like Marcus Peters, right? So a lot of this game plan is gonna be on can you run the ball effectively and set up the pass, but when you do pass can you be effective in the past? I think it's going to be tough for Buffalo to keep up in points, but if ever there's a week they have to do it, it's going to have to be this week at or home. Or they're going to have to rely on defense to keep um, Baltimore scoring um, a lot of points. That's going to be tough because Baltimore, the game plan, they are first in the NFL in points at 33.8 per game. You know, last week they were held to 20, so it is possible to slow them down. You just got to build a game plan for it. Um, Interesting matchup. One thing that is tough, but if it's possible, you you need to find a way to keep Baltimore from getting in those short yardage of, uh, in the third and fourth down because that's how they're going to be able to go on fourth down if they're going into fourth down at fourth and two. If you can get them in four and six, which is really hard because these guys run power football, um, a lot of option play. You gotta as a defense, you gotta. It's not just the running back you're looking out for. It's Lamar Jackson, you know. You got to watch out if he's going to hand off the ball. And I think that's what makes it tough for a lot of defenses that you, it's not just, you know, Mark Ingram's getting the ball. You really got to watch to see who's going who's gonna, to who's gonna keep it, right? Because if Lamar keeps it, you're in trouble. Yeah, the early down success rate, very, very important stat for you to follow, um, especially with a team like Baltimore who goes for it on fourth down. If the Bills can have success maintaining or containing them, I should say, on first and second down, it might make those third downs and fourth downs a bit more difficult, and that's got to be the game plan uh, that the Bills go in with this week. But very, very interesting, big AFC game. Yeah, Bills need to start the game hot. This, you're at home, you need to be the one. So, are you taking the spread first. or are you taking the money line? Let's give the viewer what what is your, your I'm taking your play. If I'm putting money down, I'm taking the spread because I I know they're covering the spread. They will cover the spread. I guarantee they'll cover this spread. I do not see this game going to hound. But I personally believe, but I won't put money on it, but I believe that the Bills could, will potentially win this game. Yeah, triple your money at Bet365 right now if you like the Bills' money line. I, I believe they can do it. All right, so we'll move on to... What game are you liking? For You know, I think we should just get to... Look, this week has some crazy games, right? The biggest game, I think, in the NFC is going to be your boys, the Niners. Of course. At the Superdome. Of course. Playing another 10-win team here again this week. Looking to bounce back after a loss, a tough loss to Baltimore. And and now they're coming to New Orleans. So this game is a battle of two 10-2 teams. What are your thoughts on on the game plan going into this game for the Niners? What's what's it going to take to beat a team like New Orleans? Um, this is I think this is a great game for the Niners to be honest. Um, the reason why I say that, what does the Niners do better than any team right now? Run the football on defense. Stop the run. Better than that. Get to the quarterback. Of course. 
what do they do to all most quarterbacks? Only one quarterback has made it through. They get, keep their passing down. They pre- put pressure. They get to the quarterback. They sack the quarterback. Um, the Niners' game plan definitely is. I think they're going to win this game because of defense. Um, look what they did to Aaron Rodgers. Look what they did to Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson won the game though. Um, look what they do to every quarterback. They they get to the quarterback. Let's let's bring. A, I know this is a divisional game, but look what happened when the Saints faced the Falcons. That divisional game. What what happened that game? Not the game that just passed. The game when they faced him in the Super Bowl. They got to Drew Brees. They, they were sacked all over him. him. What team can get to a quarterback better than any other team is the 49ers. They have the <laughs> athletic five front. I expect them to press like crazy on Drew Brees. My issue, when I watch that Falcons game, and I, I, I just don't think they have this in the game plan. Right? I never see it. Why do, don't they have quick, quick option plays, quick pass plays? I find with the Saints, they, they hold the ball too long. Like, Drew Brees holds it too long. And when you're facing the Niners, you can't do that. You, if you hold the ball too long, I'm telling you, the line can't hold up. You're right. It The, the Saints are a pass-happy team. They are top 10 in passing yardage at 254 yards per game. Interesting note here that it, I'm glad you brought that up, the rushing. New Orleans is the third overall defense against the rush, giving up only 88.6 yards per game. The Niners' main game plan is to run the ball and run the ball, establish the run so that they can have easier time passing the ball. The Saints, they're no slouch when it comes to stopping the run, and their home field advantage is a legitimate thing at the New Orleans Superdome. In this game, these two teams, man, it's really hard to pick between these two teams. They are so evenly matched. And the line. That's that's the reason why the line is minus three because Vegas knows. I've got it at two and a half now. Two and a half. Yeah. I knew it. I knew that line was a change. So I had a feeling. So Vegas is smart, man. So the the line was minus three, and I was like, this line has to change. Because um, what happened? Think about this. Teams are evenly matched. You're gonna give <clears throat> the three points to the home team for advantage. What does that do for the public? What has the Niners done well? only have lost by three points so everyone's going on the plus three Niners now spread is two and a half Um, currently at two and a half who are you taking look this game it's a very tough game to bet on the spread look this week alone right is a very tough week a lot of games are important so you don't know who's going to show up and who isn't right now I think at two and a half I think it makes sense to lean on New Orleans just because it's under a field goal. They're at home. Yeah, they're a good team at home. Yep. They're they're really really good at home to say the least. And then just in terms of covering the spread right now, San Francisco, San Francisco is actually fifty eight percent right. So they're five and seven, not the worst. Oh, excuse me. Uh, I, I'm looking at the over under. I got the wrong the wrong stats up. So the Niners right now are actually covering the spread at a rate of 63 percent 64 almost so seven four and one and new orleans is eight and four against the spread so on on against the spread numbers alone and being at home new orleans is coming off of extended rest sean payton typically not in a good spot when he's coming off an extended time off 
So the Niners do have reason to want to bounce back with Seattle on their tail. If I had to pick the game, I'm. It, it's going to be hard for me to go against Breeze at home. I would lean on Seattle minus the spread if the spread is down to two and a half. If it, if it for any reason ever jumped up to three again, I would take. I would take the Niners because I think sure. it's it's you're splitting hairs. It's going to be a tight game. So my pick would be Saints at two and a half, but keep an eye out for line movement. If the line goes to three again, I take would three. take I would take the three here. For me personally, two and a half is uh, it's rough. I had a feeling this was going to happen. Um, I wish I locked in at plus three because I would have definitely that was definitely a safe bet. Two and a half now has you. Really, with two and a half, you you're choosing who's winning the game. Yep, that's that's all it is. You're going one or the other. Someone you have to choose. You're basically saying the Saints are going to win or the Niners are going to win. That's what two and a half is. So I see what you're saying. You're going with the home team. I'm taking the if I'm going to bet, I'll still take the plus two and a half. I just think I know they're playing at home, super dumb, but I I I'm I'm going with the defense of the Niners on this one. I think it's gonna be a really tough time. Um, Drew Brees getting moving the ball. I just think it's gonna be a really tough time. I know they're at home, but I just, I just don't. I just think it's gonna be a really rough, really rough time for Drew to move the ball. Yeah, and a quick note on the over and under in this game. So if we're looking at the lines, the over and under is at forty four point five right now for this game San Francisco plays to the under 58.3% of the time and New Orleans is a dead even on the over under at 50% I'm taking the under at 6 and 6 so I would say it's probably going to be a close game it's going to be tightly coached a lot of big plays are going to matter here I would maybe lean towards the under as well but my pick is the Saints at 2.5 or the Niners at 3 if it moves alright Anything else you want to cover in this game? No, I think that that's good for that game. All right, let's move on to the Chargers versus the Jaguars. Okay, so let me just start by saying I think Vegas had it wrong for the past few weeks on the Jacksonville Jaguars. They had no business being a favorite against anyone. Rightfully so, they get thumped now a few weeks in a row. The roof is falling off that team. They're, they're, they don't know what they're doing with Nick Foles. He got paid. Now they're starting with Minshew again. The Chargers, I don't even know where to begin talking about the Chargers. It feels like my, my entire life watching the Chargers has been a broken record. They find a way to lose games late. They find a way to ruin their season late. And now here they are. As, as a three-point favorite going up against a Jacksonville team who's now going back to Gardner Minshew. And one thing to note about the Jacksonville team is that a lot of us got used to that defense on Jacksonville. It's not long, the same. That was a long time ago. Yeah, it's not the same anymore. I think it's time to hop off that wagon. I think the Chargers have enough to beat this team. I will lay the three points with the Chargers. It, it hurts me to do that because the Chargers find they've lost so many games within seven points right does jacksonville have a home field here i, yes, I don't they do. They, they do have a home field 
Are they a better team? I don't think by any means are they a better team than the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, than than the Chargers. I think the Chargers top to bottom are better. Um, and Philip Rivers on a hot seat this week, right? He could they, be benched for Tarod Taylor. That's true. But this is my thing. Yeah, you're saying they're the better team. There's a lot of matches where I think the Chargers are a better team, but their their performance is not the better them being the better team. One thing that I when I watch the Jacksonville Jaguars and when I see Gardner Minshew out there, I always cover because he always he always finds ways to cover. He he hasn't been blown out a lot from every time I bet, but he always finds a way to cover. Um, Gardner Minshew to me is, is the better quarterback over over Nick Foles for this offense. To be honest, I was I honestly was, I didn't think they were going to move to Gardner Minshew this early. I was hoping that they didn't, because I was ready for the off season to talk about it. I, I was I thought they would, you know a team should try to make a move for Gardner, but it looks like that that um, ship has sailed and they they are going to move to Gardner Minshew. What's going to happen with Nick Foles? We don't know. That's eighty eight million on the bench. What would you do for the Jacksonville Jaguars? You can't bench eighty eight million. Again, I was a I was big on a team not giving. Nick Foles the bag and, and yeah. the reason why is because he is yeah he had a great run in the Super Bowl no one's going to take that away from him he's not that great of a regular season quarterback if we're being honest he's, he's injured this year okay we'll scrap that but he Minshew is a bit more ecstatic he he gives them a bit more of a shot he makes a bit more better plays he makes crazier plays he might not be as safe but to be honest I think gives him a shot to win he started off really well Minshew and then I think the league sort of caught up to his antics or how he plays his style of play. So I think the Chargers can get to the quarterback with Joey Bow and and Melvin Ingram. I yeah. think they can get to him and disrupt him. He's still a young QB. He could make mistakes. The Chargers are one of the worst teams in the NFL at covering the spread. They're only covering at a rate of 30%. Jacksonville not too far behind at 41%. So it pains me to pick this game either way, but to cut this short, I'm going with the Chargers because I feel like they have the better team. They have the better team, and this time it's going to show. I hope so. I hope so because they they do and they do have the better team, but for some reason they always find a way to lose. Um, Philip Rivers always find a way to throw the pick, throw a pick. It just they just they just can't close games, and that's my issue. Closing games is the key. Well, obviously, is the key to victory. You have to close games to win games. I, for me, personally, I didn't even want to touch this game. Yeah, I wouldn't blame it, you if you didn't want to touch this game. It is ugly. It's, I like Philip Rivers. Not this year, though. It could be a throwout game. But, again, if I had to pick it, I'm going to I wouldn't wrong you going minus three, going with the better team. Yeah. But back to the Nick Foles thing, I just want to cover one thing. Um, I don't know why teams pay, pay – like, why would Jacksonville pay him? I want you to think about this. I want to jog your memory. Last time Nick Foles was good was? In the Super Bowl. Before that. Yeah, sorry. When, okay, let, me, let, me bring, let, me bring, let me bring the history back. So Nick Foles, when he was with, um, who was the coach back then? It was Chip Kelly. 9-1. Mm-hmm. and one. Philadelphia Eagles. Killing it. Gets injured. Season goes down. Drain. Eventually he gets leaves the team because people thought he was a good quarterback. He becomes a journeyman in the league. Couldn't get a, find a home. 
played backup. Remember, I remember one time him playing back for backup for the Chiefs, and he played. He just didn't look good. Then what happens? He comes back to Philadelphia, resurgence. I call this fool's gold, okay? Because he comes into Philly, plays well, wins him a Super Bowl. The hype is back. Now he's on Jacksonville. I find Nick Foles just like when it comes to him being the guy, that's too much pressure for him. He's he's not the guy. When he could take the back seat, then you know he's serviceable because he's that's it. He he's not the guy. And now he's eighty eight mil. We'll see what happens. Uh, you ready to move on to another game? Let's do it. Let's look at the Chiefs. And the Patriots. Wow. This game, <laughs> this is a, a huge game in the AFC. Gillette, okay, they're playing in Gillette. At Gillette, I think last time minus these two three teams. Pats. Yep, minus three, home team. Look, <clears throat> it's, it's not a bias. You're not going to catch me betting against the Patriots at home because that's just, it's not the right play nine times out of ten. The right play is to always go to New England at home. The line is at three, so I'm inclined to go with the Chiefs plus three because of the firepower. I think Patrick Mahomes does remember this game from last year when they played an absolute shootout. I think it was 43-40. came down to whoever had the ball last. Yep. Um, and the Chiefs' defense was, 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 was terrible, and they remain terrible. And it, they, they let him down, and they let him down in the AFC Championship as well for the Chiefs, right? The Pats just found a way to win. I'm going to say at home with the New England Patriots at Gillette, I, coming off of a loss, so you're, you're throwing a lot of things here in the mix, I, I have to go with the Patriots. Plus three looks really attractive. If you could ever find a three and a half, you absolutely jump on it with the Chiefs. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, but I'm going to go with, if I had to pick a winner, New England on the money line. But personally, I would say on the spread, I would lean towards KC plus three. All right. For me personally, New England's home, minus three. I'm taking New England Patriots. Um, Couldn't argue Bill, with you. Bill Belichick. This, If you can face any team, this is the t- I, I know you're going to be like, what? This is crazy. But this is the team you want to face. Because when, you're, when you think about New England Patriots, what they're struggling with right now is wide receivers getting open, separation. What you get to do in this game is don't have to worry about that. Pass the ball. Just run the ball at Sony Michelle. You can check down to um, James White. You can run the ball because what is the Chiefs defense bad at? Stopping the run. Stopping the run. And this way you keep Mahomes off the field, that explosive offense with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey off the field as long as possible. And, and that's going to be... A huge component of this game. How well can the Patriots manage time of possession? Can they establish the run again with Sony Michelle? Uh, and they will. This defense allows you to. No, like this defense will allow them to establish the run as well on offense of the Chiefs. Uh, I think it's going to be a tough time for them because um, you know they're going against a stout defense of the Patriots. The, my issue with the Chiefs this year, the reason why they were so good last year, that everyone forgets, is they had Cream Hunt last year. That really helped Pat Mahomes last year. When you can dump, when you can, when you can run the ball to an, uh, to me he was at that point elite running back. You can Agreed. you can run the ball with him. You can do a like a 
a, a check down to Cream Hunt. A screen. That really, a screenplay. Those those things right there puts pressure on a defense. You have to respect that. But what did the Chiefs do now? They they barely run the ball. Everyone's have... hurt. All the running backs are hurt. LaShawn McCoy is banged up. Daryl Williams, Damian Williams are banged up. They're down to Darwin Thompson right now. But so when, it's, thin, it's slim picking. It is slim picking. But even when they're healthy, that that's still not a... They're, they're serviceable, but it's not cream hunt whatsoever. So what do they do more? They do the most. They pass the ball. They That's all they do. That's most of their game plan is lean on Pat Mahomes' own arm, get Tariq Hill going. Um, but, you know, I believe in Bill. He's he's seen it all. I, I know he can get this done. They're in Gillette. There's no way the Chiefs are going to be able to win this game. Yeah, and Kansas, Kansas, like Pat Mahomes' track record in big games, right? I, I, I like New England to win the game. Again, I like Casey on the plus three. If Casey KC passes the ball, that's their primary offense. That's how they're going to beat you. They're going to go for the big play. New England, if you look at their defense, a lot of tops, top two in a lot of categories. Total yards second, passing yards second. That's big. Giving up only a mere 163 and a half points, excuse me, passing yards per game. They're first in total points allowed per game at only 12. And and that's going to be a big part of this game is New England. Can the secondary hold up against burning speed of Tyreek Hill? And really, who's going to cover Travis Kelsey over the middle, right? It's up to the linebackers and the safeties. Can they do a good job on Travis Kelsey? Because he could really chew them up. Because Pat Mahomes, he's not really turning the ball over this year. Let's be realistic. No. He is a smarter quarterback. Yeah, He's got 20 touchdowns and two INTs with 107.7 rating. So he's playing lights out. He's doing whatever they have to. Once again, I feel like the defense will let them down. It yep. will be a field goal game at the very least. So it could be a one, two to three point game. Again, spread KC plus three, money line. I got to roll with the, the boys best. at home, Bill and Brady at Gillette. Hard to go against them. Yeah, it is hard to go against them. I just hope that because um, in the Patriots' sake, you need to slow this game down. You're having trouble scoring. So you do not want. See, this, this game can go a couple ways. If the Chiefs come out firing, this can end quick for the Patriots. But if the Patriots can control the game from jump and really manage the game, which I believe they can do because they have done it before, they can win this game. If the last possession comes down to Patriots with the ball, we already know Patriots is winning. It's been proven day in and day out. If the defense is on the field to last for the Chiefs, the offense is winning. Yeah. The we defense look, is going to give it up. We look at Tennessee Titans when they face the Chiefs. I remember that game really well because I went with the Chiefs to win that game. And that was the only play on the card that lost. They couldn't hold up. And I expect that. They couldn't stop the run. Nope. And yes, I know it's Derrick Henry on the other side when you talk about the Titans, but uh, Sony Michelle's he, he he can get it done, especially against a defense like that. Okay, so we're in agreement that we like New England to win the game. Yeah. Okay. So why don't we move on to another game that I think is very intriguing would be the Tennessee Titans at the Oakland Raiders. 7-5 and five Tennessee coming off a big win against the Colts, going up against the Raiders, 
who are coming off a colossal beatdown at the hands of said Chiefs that we were just talking about. This game is on the road for Tennessee. Two beatdowns. Yeah. They, they got beat down, embarrassed back-to-back weeks, the Jets and then the Chiefs. Um, and now here they are, and I think they might be a little bit deflated here. Um, this spot, I got to say, Tennessee has more to play for. You never know because if Oakland does win this game and Casey loses again, it's only a one-game difference again. With Tennessee here, I think really the play that we got to look at here is the, the total in this game. Um, right now, the total on this game, if we can pull it up here, is at 47, right? If we're looking at trends, Tennessee's games are going over at a 58.3% margin right now. So they're 7-5 and five, uh, to the over. Um, and Oakland just doesn't really have a defense like that. Oakland also plays over and unders at 50%. I think they're at home. I think they put up nine points last week, so they're going to want to try to put up some more. And Tennessee, this is really a game for Ryan Tannehill to assert himself. They're going to be able to run the ball. They might be able to pass the ball well here in this game as well. I would lean towards the over in this game. I know it is a high number at 47, but I, I would say that Tennessee's involved in a lot of tight, tight matchups. They need this game to go well for them. Um, they're in it more than Oakland is, and I think they're going to find a way to get it done. I just think they've shown me a lot these past few weeks, and Oakland looks like they've ran out of gas. So I'm going to roll with Tennessee minus three and the over at 47. I do agree with you with that. Uh, I'll give you some points of Oakland, well Tennessee scoring. Their wins, actually. So 23-20, they won. 27-23, So we're seeing here that 35-32 against the Chiefs, 42-20 against the Jags, and then just last week, 31-17. So we're seeing here that Tennessee Titans are actually scoring. Yeah. Um, and what that means is um, if Tennessee is scoring at this rate, uh, we're going to need... Oakland Raiders to score. They're playing at home. They just lost two big games. Really big games. Well, last week was bigger than the week before, but getting Bears twice, I expect Oakland to come out shooting because they're going to need to find a way to stay in game because if they lose this game, this is it. They're not making the playoffs. Yeah, and I think you're right. They do have to come out throwing um, notable injury Hunter Renfrew is out for them. I think they have to get Darren Waller involved. Tennessee's a really good defense against tight ends. So they're going to have to get Josh Jacobs on there somehow, some way going as well. I think with Oakland opening up the passing game in this game, maybe because they have to to match Tennessee, they're going to have to um, try to force some balls. In, and I think that could lead to some turnovers and some points for Tennessee. On the outside, it does look like a game in which both teams will try to establish the run. But I think Tennessee can use this game to really attack that secondary and get Tannehill really comfortable and acquainted. I think A.J. Brown, Corey Davis can take advantage of some of the matchups they have in the secondary against Oakland, prompting some points. And then I think Oakland trying to catch up might throw some turnovers, maybe a pick six, a fumble touchdown. But I think there's enough there to go over the number at 47. 
watch out for this. If it goes even lower, it's it's even better of a reason. But I also like Tennessee to win this game straight up at minus three. I just think Oakland's giving up way too many points right now yeah. to be to be only three point underdogs. They they should be. This line should be a bit more in my opinion. It's only because Tennessee's just usually involved in tight games. But I think this one's going to be Titans pulling it out, and you're actually getting plus odds at two point zero five for the minus three on bet 365 it sounds that's good sounds juicy it does sound juicy i do agree with that man uh tennessee titans is just a better team they have a they have a great defense no question um derrick henry is emerged as you know he's like this wasn't he wasn't like this in the beginning of the season but this is all this it's better to turn it on now with the second half this is the push and they are pushing for the playoffs this is this is a win you want as a titans you can win this game. You couldn't put. You can put some pressure on, not just the wild card, but we're talking about the division as well. Yeah, and what do you need in January to be able to be effective? You need a defense and a run game and a run game. And you give the ball to a guy like Derrick Henry wears out the defense. I don't think Oakland has enough to match these guys here this week. I think they're gonna get run on, but I also think they're gonna get scored on. So we're rolling with the Titans, and I think we both agree on that pick. Yeah, the over under, I, I really, I think is really gonna, really gonna hit for sure. Just the way the, the Titans are scoring, and Oakland needs to score. They have to play in this game. This they can't take the, this game off. They took two games off already. They can't take a third one because if you do, this is it. Pack it up. All right, so we'll get into our final game. Primetime game. Sunday night. Huge divisional matchup. Seattle, L.A. Let's get right into it. Playing in L.A. It's a very important game to the Rams. Very important game. They want to stay in the hunt. Who do you have in this game? What What do you have? How you like it to line right now? This game, um, uh, if, if you remember the last game, this was an absolute shootout. It was a 30-29 to 29 final for Seattle. I think there was a missed kick in there by Greg Zerline. Um, the line opened up at minus 1.5. Um, and we're currently sitting at plus 1 for the Rams. So it's basically a pick em game. Um, the Rams, for me, has just been so up and down this year. I... I, I it would be agree. hard. Yeah, it would be hard for me to back them. I don't know what team I'm going to get. Seattle's full throttle right now. They have the most confidence. They could have the most confidence of any team in the league. Russell Wilson, 26 touchdowns. I, I, four I agree with that. The most confidence because let's be, they have let's, swag right now. Let's be honest. You look at this team. Would you say they're a 10 and 2 team like the roster? No, I wouldn't say that. If you just looked at the roster, but Russell Wilson is a different guy, and He's consistent. This team is consistent. And I can agree with that. Like, you, This is why it's one and a half because, you know what, Seahawks are consistent. The Rams are inconsistent. Today we might get a good Rams, maybe a good Jared Goff. Tomorrow we might not. We don't know what we're getting. Um, who are you picking if it's pick'em? So this game, I think I might sit back and enjoy. But if I had to pick this game, at at a pick'em, at a pick'em, I don't, I don't know why. I, I just don't know if there's any value in LA at a pick'em. I would take Seattle. I think they're coming off a big win. They know they can win against big uh, against good teams. 
This game was close last time. I think the Rams could have won this game. That was earlier in the year. And I think Seattle's matured as a team so much more since. They've, yeah. they've, been, they've been a bit more battle-tested. They're putting up around 27 points per game to LA's 23. So it's still tight there. But this game's going to come down to who can run the ball better, right? Is, is Todd Gurley going to be able to run the ball effectively in this game? Or is it going to be Chris Carson? In my opinion, I think they stick with Chris Carson here. And he, he's at 981 yards right now. He's going to get up to 1,000, I think, in this game. Couple that with the emergence of Rashad Penny. I think there's enough there for for LA to be overwhelmed. It is a div game, keep in mind. That's why I think the line is so tight. Yep. I'm going to say, not only do I like Seattle at minus one, just because I trust Russell Wilson to give me a fighting chance every week, no matter who he plays. Like It doesn't matter who he plays. If Russell Wilson is out there, you better believe that Seattle has a chance to win that game. And I'm going to roll with that confidence more than I'm going to have on a team like LA, Jared Goff. He has 13 touchdowns and 12 INTs. He's not reliable, and I just don't think that Sean McVay's coaching style this year is 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 surprising teams as much as it was before. Yeah. They did rely on the run a lot to establish um, a lot of what they used to do in the passing game, and I'm just not seeing enough of that. I'm going to roll with Seattle. Interesting note as well is this game, I think, might go over the total as well, just because I feel like the Rams have enough of a passing attack, and Seattle has been putting up points, and Seattle's defense isn't as it's not the greatest. They do have a pass rush, and I think that's... And it's not the worst either. It's not the worst either. I think the pass rush for, like, Clowney can still get to Jared Goff in this game, and that's going to cause some some problems. But I do feel like it could go over the total, and I think the total sitting at 48 right now. Um, so Which is comfortable. Li- yeah, there's a little bit it's of value possible. there at 48. If it goes lower, I think it's a good move. Because if you can, I can see a 23-27 game. I can't. I, I, I can see that twenty three twenty seven. I can see that happening. These both teams are capable, and that's act, that's exactly around the amount and I, they're and putting up. And I do up. agree with the Seahawks win this game because I think it's going to come down to what team can make the big play. And who do you trust? But I, it's not the team. I think it's just what quarterback can make the big play. And I know what I've seen one quarterback make big plays all year. That's Russell Wilson. Jared Goff. I haven't seen him make a big play all year. Um. So I'm. I will always lean with. The team that's shown me when it comes down to it, down to the wire, and we need to get this done. I'm going with that team, even though they're you know, we'll see what the Rams give us because we need we need the Rams team that's going to fight, and I expect them to fight. This is a divisional game; they don't want to lose this game. They just went out and faced the Cardinals and gave them a beating. You know, that's a, that's one of those games like. Before you face the Seahawks, you get to take on the... Took your frustrations out on them. get to take... <laughs> you know, that that's the thing you want. Like, you, you're you going to face the Seahawks, but, you know, last week I just got to face the Cardinals. So, I, you know, it brings a, a boost of confidence. They we needed can, it. We can beat teams. We can demolish teams. So, I expect them to come in taking this game seriously because this is a... This, to be, let's be rough. This is a must-game win for the Rams. This is a very important game for the Seahawks. But it's actually a must-win game for because the Rams don't win this games. What that does? They're out. They're out because you know who's. They have to win out at this point. Do you know who? If they lose, do you know who win? It's auto of birth. 
the 49ers. So it's a it's a must-win game for the Rams. Okay, so I think we're both in agreement. Wrapping up the games here that we're going to roll with Seattle and possibly the over if you like it uh, because both teams have something to play for. It's going to be high scoring. We're expecting it to be um, with both teams averaging over 20 a game at least. Yes. Um, do you want to touch the Monday night? This is just briefly. This is oh, a rough boy. one, man. Minus nine I, Eagles. I, I really don't want to touch I would, this game. Ah, God. This is minus nine Eagles. Why are they doing this to us? They just played the Dolphins. This is this is one of those games like both teams are coming off bad losses. The Giants already knew they were going to lose to the Green Bay. I think we all knew. The Giants have shown us nothing this year as well in terms of an offense that is capable of putting up points. At least Philly can put up points. But to to have Philly favored by eight and a half against we're talking anyone two, right now is... We're talking two scores. Not two scores. They, you need the Eagles struggling offense. Two scores. I understand they're playing the Giants is putrid. Let's be real. Yes. But would you say the Dolphins are better than the Giants? I say right now they probably are. I, I do think they are. Look, Philly should cover this number. That's the point here. They should cover I'm, this I'm, number. I'm but I'm, I'm afraid of them I'm as afraid. well. Just because... You can't bet this game with... You can't look me in the eye and tell me confidence. you're going to bet this game with confidence. This game might be for more of you teaser folks who want to tease down the number from Philly minus 8.5 through some of the key numbers, maybe down to 2.5 on a 6-point teaser. A, this is a teaser for me, to yeah, be honest. This is like a teaser type of game. Um, although I, I'm I don't... Te- I'm teasing down. I, I, it's so hard for me to trust the, the Giants because Daniel Jones is a turnover machine. Yeah, this, they, they should win this game, struggling. but like like we said, they should have won the Miami game, right? Giants are looking like they're kind of worse than them, so I wouldn't be surprised if Philly covers. I just personally can't bet with confidence on the Eagles. I think this is more of the two-team, three-team teaser folks. You get that number down past the key numbers. You take Philly on a teaser. There's no value on the money line. And you close your eyes and just pray. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. Get it down to two and a half and take advantage of it. I'm not touching this game. I think Philly should win by 10. I just couldn't predict it for you. But tease it down, and that's probably the better uh, I'll be honest. Uh, I will tease this down, but I don't think I'll tease down the points. But I, I like to over and under tease down. Let's bring it down to 41. Um, both teams are capable of doing that. I know they can do it. I'd rather tease down to 41 if I was in a tease instead of... So you're taking over 41? Over 41. Even you can um, tease up the under to overfit, to over... Um, that would be 50, 52 or 53, 53. depending on what you take. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Do, you, do you like the 53 under, or would you take the over? I would I would take under 53, yeah. I, I don't see Giants putting up enough points. And Eagles, like, yeah, they could put up 30, but could the Giants even put up 10 to 17 points? Even if they do, that would still be a cover. So, yeah, if you're going to do it, again, I think we're both in agreement here. The pattern here is that this game is better bet on a teaser in conjunction with maybe in other games. You do have to wait for the Monday um, and some people don't like that but again if you're going to include this game either you tease it up to under 53 and take the under or you tease it down to Eagles at minus 2.5 or minus 1.5 depending on whether or not you do a 6 or a 7 and take it that way I just couldn't bet the spread confidently yeah definitely because Monday I'd really look into the weather of the game as well just to, if this is not great weather you take the under 
Yeah, this line will probably move. Um, I think it might get up to even higher just because people are down on the Giants and they know Philly needs it. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised. Again, Monday night games, guys, you have to understand, Vegas makes their money on prime time games. A lot of the money comes in on these games because it's the only game that's on and people want to bet for action. So maybe wait on this game. Impulse. Yeah, wait on this game. Look for line movement. I don't see it going below this number, but it could get worse in favor of... It could be like Philly minus 9, minus 10 by the end of it. You don't know. Maybe if the under, if it goes down even, take that. We don't know what the line move is looking like right now. It's too early in the week to say, so I'd say monitor that game. That game's ways out on a Monday night. If you can, don't even look at it. Close your eyes in this... Yeah, this one will be a stay on Sunday. I don't even know if I'll watch this game. All right. I'm kidding. We watch every game. Yeah, we watch every game. We try to. <laughs> no, we do watch every game. <laughs> but that is it for this game. Before we get off the show, I'm kind of rough that I didn't take that uh, Dalvin Cook prop bet yesterday. <laughs> oh, man, that, that prop bet was juicy. I, I, I should have took that prop bet. It, it worked What's out. the prop bet just to let our listeners know? Everyone, so right before the game, I was like, well, you know what? Let me look at some prop bets in that Seattle Vikings game. So I looked at the first touchdown score, and I'm like, I like Davon Cook at 5.50. Five, 5. I'm like, that's possible. I was going to throw 200 down. It would be $1,000. I was happy, so I sent it over to one of my buddies. He didn't reply back. I went to go shower, came back. Game starts. I'm like, oh, I should. I forgot to lock in that prop bet. And then I'm talking to my buddy. He's, he, his team is a little bit ahead of mine. Then you see uh, Stefan get, did get that, that uh, was an end around. Yep. Gets to the two, and that's when I was like, should have locked that in. And that was it. And, <laughs> and Dalvin Cook scored. Who scored? Dalvin Cook, wondering. and I just looked at, I looked, opened up the site, and I just seen it pending there, and I'm like, well, that was $1,000. But Wins but, and losses, right? Yeah. You can't win them all. Sometimes you miss no. them. The goal here is we're trying to give you the best information that you can to equip you the right numbers, the analysis. Again, you don't have to bet all the games that we bet on. You might bet some games that we don't bet, but we're, we're trying to give you the numbers on the lines that stand out to us. Um, again, trying to make the most the best plays the majority of the time. Yeah. So I hope you guys enjoyed this week's show yeah. and this week's breakdown. And yeah, just at the end of the day, it's sometimes you got you got to go with the gut and you know confidence bet. If you feel you feel right about it, you, you know it might it should turn out well. But before we end the show, I do want to thank our special guest Bilal for coming out, giving us this in depth analysis. Really, I think it's really going to help this week. Um, we'll come back next week. We'll see how we did. We'll go through it. Um, once again, thank you guys for listening. You know where to find us, Google, Spotify, and enjoy week 14. Thank you. Take care.